Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Taking Care of Business podcast. This is your host, Dan Trottenjack. Um, this week, we're going to talk about something, and it's kind of a, really part of an evolution. Uh, you know, I can remember 10 or 15 years ago when we were working with a lot of other organizations in the industry, and we all were saying at the same time, one of the biggest threats to the long-term uh, continued uh, viability of independent business owners in, in the home improvement channel was this concept of succession. You know, at the time we were looking at the numbers and we saw that the average independent home improvement retailer was in their early 60s. And everybody was really concerned about, well, what does this mean? What happens? What, wh where does the industry go five, 10 years down the road? What, what's gonna happen to all these businesses and all these business owners that are getting to ready to, to move on to the next phase of their lives? And, and what is that gonna do to the independent uh, segment of the market? I, I know I was interviewed at one point and someone asked me, what do you think the biggest threat is to independent retailers in home improvement? And, and, and the simple answer at the time was succession and what's gonna happen? Well, our guest today has been a guest on the program before, but it's Dave Gowan and Dave Gowan is the Chief Financial Officer within HPA. And today we're gonna chat a little bit about some of the things NHPA has done and continues to do to address some of these issues of succession. And, and NHPA just launched a new um, program that, that is really kind of the latest evolution of what we're trying to, to do to help uh, address this issue of succession in the industry. So we're gonna get into that conversation with Dave. Uh, sit back, grab your drink, and we'll be back right after this word from our sponsor and learn a little bit more about the succession issues. Are you ready to sell your business? There are a number of reasons why store owners might wanna sell, and it can be daunting to figure out where to even start. Now you can advertise your business for sale with NHPA's Retail Marketplace. NHPA frequently receives inquiries to help retailers sell their businesses, so this marketplace gives store owners a cost-effective way to advertise their store to more than 40,000 retailers in the home improvement industry. The likelihood is much greater that a potential buyer for your business will be found amongst the people who are already in the industry, so you can connect with them here in the NHPA Retail Marketplace. Public and private listings are available, and to learn more or get your listing today, go to yournhpa.org backslash marketplace. That's your, Y-O-U-R, nhpa.org backslash marketplace. Hey, Dave. Uh, welcome to the program. Uh, thanks for for uh, coming back and being willing to be on my show yet again um, to talk about uh, some of these NHPA programs. And, and the issue we're dealing with today is kind of all these things wrapped in and around succession. So welcome back. Well, I appreciate you having me back. And, uh, you know, I, I told my wife yesterday 
that I had to do a podcast with you and, and you know, Erica, and, uh, she said, Dan is really digging deep to have you on twice in one year. So uh, <laughs> I keep trying to tell her how important I am. And I think she knows the truth. So, well, you, were, you know, I, I called seven other people and they weren't home. So, so you were the I guy. Appreciate who picked that. Up. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, Dave, uh, I, I only ask you on a, when I'm desperate, but B when, uh, when, when there's <laughs> something that I think you might be able to shed a little bit of light on, but, uh, but this is actually a very serious issue. And I wanted to talk about it for a minute. Um, you know, in the intro, I was talking about this concept of succession and, 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 and it really being kind of like this underlying concern. It was kind of like this thing that was a, you know, locked away in the closet and independent retailers. We would always want to talk about competitive things. We'd want to talk about, oh, how are you going to compete against Home Depot? How are you going to compete against Amazon? And, and all these other kind of external threats to the industry. Meanwhile, the kind of, uh, you know, gorilla on our backs was this issue of succession where we just saw that, independent retailers weren't getting any younger and 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 there was a real um concern about well we're going to have these mass retirements and, and are all of these independent businesses in many cases viable businesses um are they going to go away because you know uh, i'm sure a lot of our listeners are in this situation there's there's uh, men and women running running independent businesses, and, and a lot of times in the past, the natural path of progress, uh, succession was, well, mom and dad run the business, and then they hand it off to son or daughter, and they run the business, and so on and so forth. And we all know that in the last three, four decades, that's kind of changed, and sons and daughters aren't necessarily finding the, the, the hardware retailing lifestyle something maybe they want to do. Um, and, and where does that, where, where does that leave the business? We've all seen, I know you've seen, and I've seen viable businesses just kind of fade away because there is no succession plan in place. I mean, um, you know, so that leaves just a couple options. I mean, Dave, I, I mean, I know you were involved in so many of these conversations. What, what were your thoughts on that as well? I mean, you know, these were obviously issues and you were, an independent family business owner at one point in time. I'm sure those are the kind of issues you guys thought of. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we, we sold our business back in 2010 and, and, but succession was something that we certainly talked about. And then when I, you know, when I joined the association in 2012, I mean, it was a hot topic uh, at the time. And, you know, one of the things that we had talked about is, you know, why don't we own this issue and why don't we try to help, um, and, you know, uh, the industry doesn't seem to be getting younger. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's there's been a lot of consolidation over the over the last, you know, as you said, three or four decades. And, and a lot of that has to do with the age of the industry. And, you know, and, and you know, I read a stat the other day that's kind of chilling is is that there's 10,000 people a day that reach retirement age and that will continue until the year 2029. And so that's really interesting stat. And so, yes, there's going to, you know, and you and I both talked to a lot of retailers that they just don't have that next generation that, you know, seems like it's kind of twofold. Kids don't want to be involved in the business. They go away, but then they come back. But then there's also that segment that the kids just don't want to be involved at all. Sure. And, and then they, and then the owner is there with, 
nobody to turn it over to in the family. And so, you know, a second, third, fourth generation business is going out of business. Yeah. And, and something you, you, you touched on kind of around the same time you were joining NRHA at the time, now NHBA, but is when we, when this issue was really heating up and, and, and I, I know we did kind of draw a line in the sand and said, you know, I, I, for a long time, I remember the conversation in our offices around succession was, well, we don't really know what we can do. What can we do to kind of help with that issue? Um, and back around then, the, the, the late 2010 or, or around 20, uh, 2012 was when we said, well, what can we do? What, what, what are the things that are within our control? So often, you know, when I'm talking to retailers, I'll say, focus on the things that you can control, not the things that are outside of your control. And, and, and so we did start doing some, some things that were related to succession. I mean, one of the things that we did was we around that time is when we began developing things like our retail management certification program. And the, and the idea there was to uh, develop a program that was focused on getting that bench built on, on teaching. Oftentimes it is the sons and daughters, but, but just as often we get a lot of the managers and assistant managers that are part of that program. And that program is built around teaching individuals, the skills that they need to strategically manage a business really from that kind of manager owner, almost perspective because, you know, a lot of times you'd have sons and daughters who either didn't have the experience or managers who were used to managing or, or, or they knew a lot about paint and they knew about a lot about merchandising and things like that, but maybe not so much about things like acquisition strategy or, or finance. And, and so we launched that program to, to try and, and, and improve the skill set of that next generation of retailers. We also, I mean, this is the 25th year of our Young Retailer of the Year program, and, and one of the real intents behind that program was to recognize young individuals who are making their mark on the industry and um, to really encourage individuals, hopefully hold these kind of iconic young retailers up for the rest of the industry to see, to say, hey, this is a cool career and this is a path that I can find fulfilling. And, and we have, uh, you know, as we're taping this, uh, taping <laughs> kind of dates me as we're, I'll even still say that a lot videotaping. I'm going to videotape as we're taping, I guess we're recording this podcast. Can we pop the VCR out here now? Or? <laughs> no, we still have beta. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, as we're recording this podcast, uh, you know, in in a couple of months here in October at the National Hardware Show, we're going to have a little celebration honoring this year's class of Young Retailers of the Year, but also celebrating 25 years of the program. Um, so hopefully, you know, we see those programs making a difference uh, in helping in some of these succession issues. I know some of our other past guests, um, uh, you know, uh, who were involved in things like business valuation um, and and helping design succession plans. We really focus on that. But what I want to talk to you more about, Dave, is kind of something we're seeing more of right now is you you said something about acquisition and and right now a trend that that we see continuing to kind of bear out is the number 
of owners in the industry is consolidating more rapidly than the number of stores. And I'm talking about in an independent standpoint. What, what I mean by that is we're seeing a trend of there being fewer owners, but those owners owning more stores. Right. Um, and I, I know it's kind of confusing to put it that way, um, but it, it, it's a trend that like every year kind of seems to continue. And you only need to look at some of the headlines coming out about about some of these companies out there that are buying up um, uh, independent retailers. But for every one of these large kind of headline grabbing companies, there's other retailers out there that are looking at this environment. We have one retailer define it as an acquisition rich market right now, where they're out there actively looking to grow their operations. What are you seeing in that regard? Is that is that kind of similar to what you're seeing um, with the groups you're working with and the retailers you're talking to? Oh, yeah. I mean, the the surprising thing over the last, you know, you hate to say the pandemic had an upside, but it certainly had an upside for the business, um, uh, for the home improvement business. And, you know, the retailers that I talk to, they're they're all trying to grow. And, and you know, um, even the the one that the ones that have been surprising are even the, the people that have one or two stores. I mean, even they're 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 willing to grow at this time. And, you know, it, it, and what's been surprising about that is, you know, it used to be in the old days is, you know, you'd be happy with your two to two to four percent growth every year. And, and, and you got to get it through, you know, growing the average check or growing your customer count. And, uh, you know, and, and um, but now people are thinking, well, you know, I can I, I'm ready to I can only do so much there. And, and without an expansion or something like that, then then I'm going to have to acquire things. And, and, you know, ironically, I was talking to um, Meg Terrell, a former guest of yours several times, the attorney for the association. And he said, surprisingly, that that. Uh, their growth at the law firm is up like 20% and it's all driven by uh, mergers and acquisitions. Right. And because they're doing mergers and acquisition work. And so, uh, you know, there's just a lot of cash in the industry and, um, you know, retailers are just looking to grow right now. And so if people are looking to sell, then, then it is a, it's a great time to merge those two groups together. Yeah, and I think another factor that I've we've heard retailers talk about as well is you know we're coming off of uh, an eighteen month period, unlike any we had seen in terms of growth for the industry. I I, I mean, say put the number where you want to put it, but it looked like sales in twenty twenty grew at about twenty three percent over twenty nineteen. And right now, our numbers are suggesting that we're somewhere on pace of through the first six months of 2021, that sales had grown by about 15 to 17 percent over 2020. And right. so the other thing which you work on for the association is putting together our cost of doing business study. And not not to spoiler alert here, but uh you know, what you're going to see when those numbers come out is that most of the store groups had some of their most profitable years ever recorded. And when we say that on the cost of doing business study, that's that's going back 100 years. That's not like, oh, the last 10 years. Right. And so not only have sales been, 
you know, kind of at record highs, but profitability is at record highs. So you see a lot of these retailers who are in growth mode that are sitting on a lot of cash um, and, and sitting on a, and I don't mean that, you know, as a bad thing. Um, they're just, I, I mean, everybody also knows it was been a real busy 18 months. Right. One retailer even said to me, you know, we're, uh, we're so profitable right now, but we don't have the time to spend the money because we're worried about running registers and, and everything else. So, um, so again, we're kind of in the middle of this perfect storm where you have, it, uh, have independent retailers who are looking to grow through acquisition and you have, those retailers that are that are coming off some very profitable years. And I think the other thing that can't be overlooked is it's also been a real tough 18 months. I, I, I mean, I, one retailer said it's been it, it, it's been the best financial 18 months, but it's also been the hardest that I've ever worked in this industry. Right. So right. you get a lot of these folks that are maybe kind of close to retirement and say, hey, I made some good money these last years. My business is in a pretty good financial position, but I'm tired as hell. I, it's time to hang it up. Yeah, I can tell you that with with, you know, as you said, spoiler alert, in a couple of weeks, uh, we'll be wrapped up with the CODB, their cost of doing business study. And I mean, you're exactly right. The hardware segment was up, you know, 25 percent and employee count was up zero. Uh, <laughs> surprisingly, it did, you know, and so that's a lot of work <laughs> yeah. to to uh, for an owner to have to manage all that. And then, you know, and then, as you said, I mean, you're exact, I'm hearing the same exact numbers that you are. So you're up another 15 percent this year on top of that growth. In the prior year, that's a lot of work that you're doing, and, and I, that's what I've heard too. Is that a lot of people are just worn out, right. and they don't want to work that hard. Um, and so, yeah, you're exactly right. Well, and, and and so what this has led us to is is the next step for NHPA saying, well, what can we do about this? How how, how do we help in this regard? And really, with an eye toward how do we not just help make life easier or, 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 or uh, help out the independent retailers that are either in acquisition mode or in I, I'm getting out of the business mode, but also with an eye toward how do we help preserve the independent industry? How do we help preserve these, these independently owned businesses? And, and, and what that ended up turning into, which, which I'll give you credit was kind of your brainchild, um, was the NHPA retail marketplace. Dave, tell us a little bit about what the NHPA retail marketplace is and and kind of how you developed this idea, why, why you said this is something we should be doing right now. Right. So I'll, I'll take them kind of in reverse order of how you ask. Um, it, it, it kind of came about uh, so when we sold our business, so we were a Wendy's franchisee, which I, which I mentioned on here before, and we had 17 stores. And so with 17 stores in the Wendy's system, we were probably in the top five to 10% size wise. And so when we went, we decided we were going to sell our stores after 20 years. And we went to Wendy's International and said, you know, how, how do we go about doing this? And they actually recommended a business broker. Right. And and they uh, that was in the restaurant industry that Wendy's had typically recommended. And so we use them. And, and the, the surprising thing to me was 
at the time is, you know, for the size that we were, I knew a lot of people uh, and we were around for 20 years. What happened out of that, though, using the broker was seven to 10 days later, we had three letters of intent and two of them I had never even heard of the company before. And so that really surprised me that, you know, that that happened. And, um, and they were both already Wendy's franchisees. And so that always stuck with me. And so when I came to uh, NRHA, which is now NHPA, um, one of the things that has happened over the years is I've had retailers reach out to me yeah. uh, and ask, do we help sell or facilitate sales of stores? And over the last two, three years, that has really ramped up. And so um, I thought, you know, the way that we could really help is why don't we become some sort of business broker? Right. And uh, one of the one of the board members, uh, when we kind of presented this idea, said, you know, consulting um, consulting is not scalable, <laughs> meaning, you know, you can only do so much. And and and, and that always stuck with me too. And, um, but I thought, okay, I'm going to take a, a, a broker class here. And I started taking it. And, and one of the number one issues that they said you're going to come into is that sellers don't want to share information. And it's really difficult to facilitate these things. Hmm. And a real life example, which is actually going to come out in hardware retailing next month, uh, is we had a seller reach out to me while I was taking this business broker class and ask if we had anybody interested in buying his store. Right. Uh, and I reached out to somebody that, that was on our board that we, we both know is a large retailer, talked to him about if he had any interest. And at the time he said no, because of the, the, the um, size of the store doesn't fit. But then when he found out the revenue, <laughs> that they were generating out right. of that footprint, uh, he quickly changed his mind. And so we facilitated bringing the buyer and the seller together. And we did it in the, we did it originally as trying to broker the deal. And, and, and what I kind of quickly found out personally is it was a ton of work and they were exactly right. The seller didn't want to give up any information. <laughs> And I was just like, I, I'm not going to do this. And so out of that, I was like, so like we're on to something here about bringing these two groups together. So how can we do it? And and one of the things that kind of struck me is, well, we have a platform in our website and in our magazines. And so why can't we launch like a marketplace where sellers can advertise their store uh, kind of like a biz buy sell? Um, they can advertise their store and buyers can, you know, come to come to the website and, and look. Um, it, it, we're not we're not in the middle of the deal. We're just providing the platform for these people to um, advertise their stores for sale. And, uh, you know, the buyers are, are out there. So uh, they want to see what's available. Right. And I think when you were kind of bouncing the idea around internally, you know, it dawned on us, what are our core competencies? And one of the, one of the things that we do very well is we have a media megaphone 
that we yep. can communicate with the industry really in a way no one else can. I mean, we have two monthly magazines. We have a weekly newsletter. We have uh, a moderately successful podcast or so. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so we have the ability to, to, to reach out to the industry and, and the idea of kind of marrying this idea of, well, there's people out there that are looking at, at, at moving out of their businesses or moving out of the industry. And there are people in acquisition mode. Maybe we use that megaphone to connect the two. And, and so the result was the NHPA retail marketplace, which launched at the beginning of August. And why don't you tell us a little bit, well, a little bit more uh, uh, specifically what kind of the marketplace is and does um, it, it, from a sense of like, if I'm a retailer who's thinking about selling my business, what do I do and what does it what does it kind of bring me? Right. So let's let uh, two things I want to mention is, you know, the, the media megaphone is communicating with 40,000 storefronts. Right. And so that's the first thing to keep in mind, um, you know, and so um, the, the the seller, um, if they're interested, they can go on on the site and there's basic information uh, listing that that they will need um, to provide. And it, it, we ask questions like, what are you know, what's your revenue? What's, you know, gross profit? Um you know, square footage of the store, where are you at, so on and so forth. And so a public listing uh, would provide, uh, and there are examples on the website, um, public listing would provide um, all, all the information. And then we also have a uh, private listing that you can do as well. And because, you know, there are a number of people that don't care if, they, if, if people know that their business is for sale. Right. Then there's a school of thought, too, that, you know, people uh, know my business for sale. I'm going to lose employees. I'm going to lose customers, uh, sure. could have a problem with vendors, so on and so forth. And so um, there, there's an opportunity for a private listing. And uh, for that, we collect all the same information, but we only disclose revenue, the price and the state that they are located in. Um, and, then, and then if a buyer is interested um, they would have to reach out to us, fill out an NDA, which we would share with the seller, and then they could decide if they want to continue the conversation with them. Um, and so, you know, the other thing I want to say is that when we rolled out this concept, this the surprising thing is all the feedback that I've gotten from buyers. Right. <laughs> of Same we here. can't wait to, yeah. And, and, you know, I'm signing, they can, a buyer can sign up and get notified when something is listed. And I have had more feedback from buyers, which I, which has really surprised me in the whole, in the whole, in the whole rollout. So. Yeah. And I think just anecdotally, you know, as we've talked to people about this, I would say the same thing. I've actually heard from a couple of people who said, oh, I, I, I wish I would have had this service or, or I, before I listed my business with a broker. Uh, but the same thing I've heard from a lot of buyers about, you know, oh, well, you can I guarantee I'm going to be looking at it, you know. So right. so I, I think that speaks to the concept of that the, the retailers are in this acquisition mode. I think another thing that's important to point out is that 
you know, your typical business broker, and I'm not saying business brokers aren't effective because I know a lot of good success stories of people working with business brokers, but by the same token, you know, a business broker is selling restaurants and they're selling hardware stores and bookstores and manufacturing facilities. And, and so if you're looking at that very narrow slice of outreach that a business broker can do to other people who might be interested in buying a hardware store, home center, lumberyard, paint store. It's a pretty narrow slice. And, and as you, we've both kind of beat this drum is that our organization is nothing but hardware, home improvement, paint. And, and, and so that's who we communicate to. So there's kind of that built-in audience. And another big difference is in without getting into pricing specifics about all this, and you could you could certainly find that pricing on our website, but this is at a fraction of the cost of what a business broker might charge you. So, I, I mean, I guess my first thing would be before you work with a business broker, why not toss your line in the water this way? I, I mean, uh, you know, and you, again, Dave, have firsthand experience of working with a business broker, uh, so you understand how much that can cost. Right. You know, and I will say that it worked out fine for us. But now that I look back on it, I kick myself and I do wish that we would have had this an opportunity like this. Yeah. Um, the likelihood that that a buyer for a, for a home improvement store, um, the likelihood that the buyer is going to come from this industry is really high. And, and you know, my my next door gear neighbor Gary might be interested in a hardware store, but the fact of the matter is he doesn't have retail background. And so it is going to be a big leap. Um, and, and so the, it, the likelihood is uh, that it is going to come from this industry. The other thing is with a broker is in the, in what you'll read about in the September issue of hardware retailing in the, in the, in the deal that we brought together um, between the buyer and the seller, I did the math on the, on the commission on that. If he would have used a business broker, it would have been two hundred and forty thousand dollar commission. Yeah, and so you're exactly right. Why wouldn't you throw uh, a line in the water and say, "Man, let's try this for you know five or five thousand dollars for a public listing and, and get my stuff out there for a year and and see what happens." Yeah, and I think that. Listen, we, we totally understand that, you, you know, if you're affiliated with a particular distributor or any one of them, you know, they'll, they'll certainly help you if you're looking to get to, to, to move your store along. And that's a great avenue for a lot of people to use. And um, this just opens the door a little bit wider. It opens the door to say, well, you, you know, NHP has always positioned itself as we're the Switzerland of the industry is that, that we don't have banners here. And this is just an opportunity for you to kind of push that door open a little wider and, and, and look for more opportunities of, of where your business, uh, uh, might be able to go. Dave, um, kind of a last question is where does someone go to find out more? <laughs> about NHPA's retail marketplace? They can go to yournhpa.org and right on the home screen there is they can click on retail marketplace and, and it'll take you right to that page. And it's got frequently asked questions. It tells you what we'll need, uh, gives you real uh, 
examples of um, of a listing, and so it can can kind of be your guide to providing information to us. And, so. and this is up and active now. Obviously, it's waiting to load with with sell sellers, but it it, it is up and ready to go now. And 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 like we've heard anecdotally, there are buyers out there that are just waiting to start perusing the listings on it. So I, I'd encourage anyone who is in that mode of thinking, if they're thinking about uh, you know, putting it out there, thinking about selling your business. Um, it's a pretty modest investment to make to start at least fielding some offers. And, and, you know, the truth is there is no obligation, of course, under any, you know, any of this that you would have to accept any offers or you, you, you know, you could list it up there and, and find out that, uh, you know, you don't, you're not happy with the offers you're getting and that, and you're not obliged to do anything. Um, right. So, uh, so I, I guess uh, if you're one of those retailers that is in that mode of thinking, I want to move on to the next. I want to start fishing and golfing and and all that kind of stuff. And 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 you're looking at uh, moving along from the industry. I definitely encourage you to to give it a try and take a look at it. And there's also. If you have more questions or just want to learn more about it, I'd encourage you to reach out to Dave directly. Um, and uh, Dave's email address is dgowan, that's D-G-O-W-A-N, at yournhpa.org. Feel free to shoot him an email. Um, Dave, thank you for being a return guest on our program. And uh, um, uh, you... Uh, it, it, you probably won't make a third appearance this year, but never say never. Um, that, that hurts. <laughs> I might have Erica on, your wife. I might have her on before I have you on again. But uh, in all seriousness, I appreciate your time. And 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 I know that this is something that retailers are looking for. So uh, uh, great idea that, and good job bringing it to uh, uh, fruition and getting it out there. I know that pains you to say, but but thanks for having me anyways. You have a great support team who was able to take your idea and make it a reality, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much. Thanks.